What's up, Fight Fans? Podcast number 49 is here. Check us out as we get into the stellar victory by Jamel Simplify Herring, and we get into what's next for Manny Pac-Man Pacquiao. You know the vibes. This ain't one of the times you can slide by what you say that you're gonna do. Put your money up, run that phase, I'm just showing proof. You know the vibes, huh? Ain't got no ways up in my guys. I clown in the day, gone in the mind, yana. I've been on fire lately. Train my spirit, mind and body daily. Victory is sweet, that's the science, baby. It's only right we represent from Tampa to Tally. We keep the pressure on these eyes, they call you lacking. See you flapping on the canvas and bombing and weaving. Unleashing the fury on your face while the audience screaming. Hope they got great seats or the big review. Let's get the breakdown from JDJQ. You know the vibes. What up, boxing world? It is Boxing Vibes TV coming right back at you, giving you the best analysis on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, man. We everywhere you want to be. We like Visa out here, man. Let me go ahead and introduce the school. We got JD. Hey, one Trey all day. I'm in the building. We got schoolboy Q. What's happening, good people, man? Hope y'all can hear me, man. I'm on the bootleg mic one more time, but it's the last time, but we're going to be the bind next time. Hey, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Talk about. Hey, so so before we get into it, man, we got something we got to do, man. We talking to the people. Uh-huh. Jay, you got to tell the people what to do. Hey, man, if you're down with the vibes, hit the notification bell and subscribe. Now that we've told the people what to do, we got one thing to do. Uh-huh. Go ahead with the pie quote of the day. Pie quote hey, of hey. the day. And this is from two of our favorite people in all the world, Adrian About Billions, Brona and about. Jim Gray. Uh, in a post-fight interview, when Jim Gray proceeds to tell Adrian that he is hey, he has been three, three, and one in his last seven fights, AB responds in kind saying, "I'll be seven no against you." Hey, that was pretty quick though. Roll the tape. Roll the tape. You're three, three, and one in your last seven fights. What will you do next? Hey, I'm three, three, and one in my last seven, but I'll be seven no against you. Well, that wouldn't mean much. That's the end of this interview. I'm good. Even Jim Bobby Gray's response. Bobby. Even Jim Gray's response. I mean, I guess he wasn't gonna try to fight Adrian Boy. He was just a smug little <laughs> hey, asshole. And Jim Gray proceeds to say, uh, and this <laughs> interview is over. And this interview is over. <laughs> Slap shit out Jim Gray. I'm sorry, I would not do that. I love Jim. I don't like Jim Gray, but I would yeah, I don't, don't do that, but don't say I, that. I, I would love I would love to get some tutelage under him if he, you know, would ever take us under his wing, but I doubt that. By the way, he treated us some years back. So let's go ahead and get <laughs> so let so let's go ahead and get into the first topic. So man, listen, we had all kind of predictions. Conventional wisdom was like a decision because one of the fighters is not known for a lot of power. Um, I was quoted as saying, "Hey, it might be a TKO, but it won't be a one hit a quitter." Only reason why I wasn't a one hit a quitter because the jackal got heart. Boy, that uppercut he got hit with was mean. Fellas, give me your reaction to Jamel Herring's dominant victory over Carl Frampton. Go ahead, Q. Man, look, man. Shout out to Simplify, man. Shout out to Jamel Herring, man. Hey, Simplify, do or die. Being, being, being one of the first soldiers, to, uh, you know what I'm saying, right with the Boston Vibes crew. It was a, yeah, it was man. I appreciate him showing that and, love um, for that interview, man. I wasn't surprised because I, I said that uh, he would dominate. I felt like he would dominate. But I was, I, I guess I'm a little surprised that it was a stoppage, especially that early. I thought it, I thought it might have went a little further. But um, amazing, amazing showcase. And I, I really, I'm really excited about his next fight. I'm really excited about what I think. Yeah, he, yeah, he, it's, it's, it's going, he's going to be fighting the top dog in the 130-pound division before he moves up to 135. Yeah, man. Uh, 
you know, what you got on it, JD? Oh, for, the most part, for the most part, man, I think it was uh it was an excellent showcase, especially because I'm gonna keep it 100, man. After witnessing the Jonathan Akendo fight, right, right, right. I like a lot of fans was left a little bit flat after the Jonathan Akendo fight, and I think that his performance against uh, Carl Frampton definitely, you know, it, it put a lot of people back with definitely a great view of Jamel Herring. And I'm happy to see that it was a great moment for his career, getting a signature victory like that, especially overseas in Dubai. Speaking of Dubai, my man say he'll be back in Dubai. They treat him so good in Dubai. Mm. He ready to fight mm. there again. Uh, he's definitely sounded like he's wanting to take on Oscar Valdez. If he's about that smoke uh, to unify the titles, then, but if he can't get Oscar Valdez, it's interesting that it sounded like he wants to move up. It sounded like right, he wants right. to go ahead and vacate that title and, and step up a weight class. So, but overall, man, that was a sensational knockout in the sixth round, man. I mean, we, I'm not even going to talk about the jab that put him down in the fifth round. That was just yeah. a straight left jab that, that, that sent uh, Carl Frampton touching the canvas. So overall, man, I think it was an excellent fight, man. And I, I'm happy for the, you know, the 35 year old champ, you know, to get a, a crowning moment in his career. At, at this stage, you know, and and it's interesting that we say the thirty-five-year-old champ, right? Like he, he, at this day and age, especially when he we had him on, um, and he was interviewing, he was talking about his preparation. That's one of the things I lamented when I was talking about. I think we're going to see the best version of Jamel Harry. I think you know what what, what is it saying? Um, iron sharp, sharpens iron. Right. So him working with Bud and really. Um, fine-tuning the way he prepared for fights, I thought he was going to really, you know, put on a showcase, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. I mean, he really, really, really impressed. I was actually on his uh, Instagram page, and I was just reading the, you know, because I'm a fan, and I'm, you know, just looking up and down, and I'm, I'm seeing people say, I wasn't much of a fan before, but I'm impressed. And I think a guy who's been kind of, doesn't have that acclaim. So for me, going back when I was mentioning the age, Deontay Wilder's 35, um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Bud's going to turn 34. So the age gap is not that significant. And Jamel Herring doesn't have a lot of wear and tear. So, and he stays um, in shape. Yeah, and he stays in shape. You know, that, that old yeah. Marine mentality. His, his, camp is all, his camp is about strategy and things like that, while a lot of people's camps is about getting in shape. He's in shape. Yeah, he's, he's in, exactly. And I saw so, Franklin said something. He thought he was – sorry to cut y'all. He said something about he thought he was going to have an advantage because Jamel Herring – got there like a few days before the fight and Frampton right. was there like maybe 10 or uh, you know what I'm saying they, they were there a lot longer to get acclimated to the to the, to the time to difference yeah, yeah. All. but boy I tell you and, and, and Jay you alluded to uh, the fact that he's been training pretty heavy with Bud Crawford and I will say when you watch the Carl Frampton fight what I took away from what I witnessed is he actually he looked like somebody who'd been sparring with an elite welterweight Right. The, the crispness on the his tra- punches, the, the way he looked strong in the ring. He that looked very cut. steady on his feet uh, the whole six rounds. He looked like somebody who's been going going some pretty good rounds with a Bud Crawford. Now, now J.D. touched on this a little bit, and this was kind of where I wanted to take this. <clears throat> he has opponents at 130. Um, Shakur Stevenson also tweeted something out and kind of, you know, hey, um, I need a belt to make a blah, 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 blah. So he talked to Oscar Valdez and said something to Oscar Valdez and put it out there for Jamel here. And the young goat, the young lion wants all the smoke. So he wants, you know, he wants a belt. He wants to be on the major stage. And he's, 
not in a hurry to do so, but he's hungry. Um, what's the next move you would love to see from Jamel here? Is it 135 where all the big names are? Well, oh, well, I don't want to say big names. Well, all the attractive names are, the money names. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily the, the biggest names because you still have guys like um, Oscar Valdez as far as talent-wise. But as far as who can put fans in the stands, you know, when, whenever Devontae Davis is out of, you know, his situation, um, you got Tia Female Chorus and you have – Ryan Garcia, you got a, a plethora of fights, including Lomachenko at 135. So where would you guys like to see him go? Go ahead. I'll, t- I'll take that one first, man. First, I-, I would like to see him fight Oscar Valdez. Do not, I repeat, do not fight Shakur Stevenson. <laughs> Don't do that. Fight Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez had a strap. I think Shakur Stevenson is, a, you know, that's one of my faves. I feel like he's going to be a real problem. Just right now, at this t- at this point of your career, let Shakur work his way up and let him, you know what I'm saying, let him go through, let some other people deal with that. You go to Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez, uh, I think, you know, I'm pretty sure that fight will probably be the next fight to be made. And, um, you know, they're talking about the lineal, the lineal championship. Put, let's put the lineal titles on the line. Let's go ahead and, you know, let, let's get let's get the lineal some um, – let's, let's get these belts together and um, do that, you know, first. And then from there, you go back and recalibrate. I feel like uh, Oscar Valdez should definitely be the next. That should be the next step, personally. Where you, you, know? where, where you at? What is JD? You, you know, Q, I, I agree with you uh, a thousand percent. I believe Oscar Valdez should be the next fight. But I will say that it has immediately been um, stated to Jamel Herring that he has 30 days to say that he's going to fight his mandatory, which is Shakur Stevenson, or he's got to vacate that belt. And, and, and the reason for that is, is that I think probably for the past year or two, this Carl Frampton fight actually was in lieu of him fighting the mandatory. So he's kind of not fought the mandatory for that belt for a while. So right now, his hand is really forced for him to either fight Shakur or leave that belt alone and go up in weight. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know if Shakur is going to be okay with letting – Jamel and Oscar go ahead and unify and then he try to take on who has all the straps to me that might be a smarter move if you're Shakur allow Jamel to go ahead and unify with Oscar then you take on the winner quite possibly but now I agree with you a thousand percent uh Q I'd rather see him though go with Oscar Valdez if Shakur will let that go down without doing the mandatory fight just to kind of throw some um heat on the debate I'm not too sure Shakur Stevenson comes away the victor in that fight against Jamel Harry. No, no, no. I, I know. I don't. I, I don't think so. I don't know. You know. I just feel like you, you feel like it's gonna be a tough fight, right? It'll be yeah, man. I mean, and then just you know, be, right now he, he's new. Up, he's new into the division. He has right, win. right. So let him let him go out and build his name up some, and then um, you know. Because, you know, what he said, he said, congrats. Did y'all see what he tweeted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what I was referencing. I might have yeah, uh, yeah, said it yeah, backwards. Yeah, but yeah, he said, champ on the win, man. You know, I need um, a belt to go fight you know, Oscar. So, yeah. I'm going to need, need, need that belt. For, so, Oscar Valdez, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to need that belt from you. I'm like, damn, bro. All right, all so, right. Back and, and, compliment. And, and, so, and, and so, I and, and also, too, I think earlier when the fight was made before it got postponed again, Shakur Stevenson actually put like 2K, 3K or something on, on Jamel Heron Winnie. So there's something he knew. So he he must okay. be familiar with enough to know that, you know, he 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 likes his chances. But that's a grown man who's coming into like the fullness of his career. And 
Well, that's a tall task for a kid who's coming up to a division and who did when last when last seen didn't look like he had the power. Man. So what do you got on that, JD, before it, we move on? It, it, I'm gonna tell you right now, Shakur Stevenson absolutely would be in for the fight of his life. And the re and I'm gonna tell you the only reason why I believe that Shakur Stevenson would be in the fight of his life if they were to meet up in the ring is because the one thing I will say, if you are Jamel Herring and you are legitimately a part of Bo Max camp, he's your trainer, and you're training alongside Bud Crawford, and you're getting used to getting popped in the mouth mm. and in your body by Terrence Bud Crawford. By a switch hitter. By, by a switch power, hitter. Slick. I'm boxing man. If you're getting used to getting hit by punches like that, I'm going to tell you right now, if they step in that ring, those punches are going to feel like powder puffs. Now, I'm not going to say that Shakur can't outbox him. Right, I right, believe right. Shakur could get in there and outbox him, but boy, oh boy. It'll be a tall task. It'd it's a big 130-pounder. fight for Shakur if you yeah, want to take Because that's right. a big 135. I mean, 30-pounder. Yeah. So, I, and, and that's, speaking of next moves, right? So we're, we're, we're talking about a guy who's in the full, like, burgeoning. Like, he's really coming to his own, right? He's finally got that fight, that signature win. And so we're talking about the next move, right? The next guy we're talking about, I mean, the sun hasn't set, but it's setting on him. And so we're trying to figure out where does Manny Pacquiao go from here? Like, what's his next move? We see the rumblings about Crawford. I have my doubts. We hear Mikey Garcia. JD threw out a rumor, said, hey, he might be waiting for Conor McGregor to get his get back and then put on a big fight. To be honest with you, the most lucrative fight would be if Conor McGregor regrained, excuse me, regains um, his status in the UFC by, by, you know, beating Poirier and then actually being the winner of that trilogy and has a little bit of clout going into a matchup with Pacquiao. Now, this is not necessarily uh, a, a sanctioned championship bout because he's a champion in recess, but I think, I don't know if the consensus is, but I believe it is that Pacquiao's ba Pacquiao is bag chasing at this point. Go ahead, JD, what you think? What's Pacquiao's next move? I'm going to tell you what his next move should be, man. And what I'm hoping it, it is, personally, as a Pacquiao fan, now, this, that's who it. Now, first off, let me, let me throw this back on you, man. You, am I answering this as a <laughs> fan of Pacquiao or am I answering this as a fan of boxing? Oh, man, we keep it real on the show, man. We a fan of Pacquiao. We keep it real. Like, we all Pacquiao, Pacquiao fans. <laughs> all right, man. So, so as a fan of Pacquiao, I am going to say that I would definitely hope that he will wait out Conor McGregor to see if he can avenge his loss and then set up a mega fight in Dubai. That's what I personally would like to see Pacquiao do. You know, so I really, at this point, I do not want to see him in any more dangerous fights where he could possibly be hurt, um, especially when you're looking at how long of a layoff he's had, yeah. even though... People like him, you know, their muscle memory is so elite Legend. that they can Legendary, take off, yeah. you know, a year or two and they could come in the ring like they never miss a step. But still at his age, man, he's a legend. He has nothing left to prove. I personally right, would right. like to see him wait out Connor in June because the Connor fight in June, right, fellas? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I think June. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I'd like to just see him wait it out. And then if Connor can avenge that loss, take that easy bag, man. Go overseas, Dubai, Abu Dhabi. You know what I mean? Get your nice plate of falafel, you know, some <laughs> carrots. You know what I mean? And, some and, lamb. And, yeah, and some add, add some M's to your bank account for the easy way, man. What you got? What, what you got on the queue? 
Look, man, I'm a I'm a I'm a Pacquiao fan. I'm speaking from a Pacquiao fan, and see, my thing is, bro, if you lacing them up, if you lacing them up, and you getting in that square circle, my my boy, I I ain't I, Pacquiao done made it where he made it chasing greatness. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my thing is, if your heart's still in it and you gonna do it, man, look. Get in there and try to be good. Get in there, get in there to be the best ever. Get in there, and I'm tired of even hearing about the cross. So look, I want to see the fight made at this point, you know what I'm saying? And I love Pacquiao. So, I feel so, like so he, you're gonna be if you're gonna go out there on any danger because look, because Conor McGregor could catch you with that, that lucky lottery team. Man, I'm, hell I'm, no. I'm across the hell, board, with this. Hell, hell no. And then what would that do? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that ain't about that. That ain't about that lucky punch. That, that, I don't that, even want him to have that chance. Get in there with the best, pass the torch down, bro. Pass the torch down to the best. You know, man. Bud is my, you know, and Bud and with Bud, you know, Bud is my favorite fighter right now. You know listen, what I'm listen, listen. Pass the I, torch down. That's, I'm, that's I'm, what I would I'm, like to see. I'm gonna say this. Win, lose, right. draw. You win or look good in a loss, it's a win. I'm gonna say this. You could fall down the steps walking, or you can fall down the steps running. But you're more likely to fall down running. It is a lot less likely that he's gonna get touched up by Connor. It, 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 the odds yeah, on that are gonna be don't make so, no so, money. So so so, so no, but but that's the thing. Money. The bag is gonna be bigger for yeah. Connor. And here's here's the other thing. We were talking about this on text, and I'm just throwing this out there to you guys, something to think about. You guys want to respond? If this was Pacquiao yesteryear, six years ago, he would have already lined up an opponent, right? Say, hey. You want to fight me? Give me Mikey Garcia. Give me Crawford at the end of the year. I don't think he's at that point in his career at this time. I've seen him, his IG pictures. He's posting up bitches at his desk, signing bills, doing work for the people, which is all great things. But that's a long way from throwing punches. So the question is, I'm, I'm posing to y'all, is his heart really in it? Man, I think his heart is in this money. <laughs> That's where right. his heart is at, man. His heart is in the money. Uh, at the end of the day, man, he's a legend in the Philippines. He's an icon in the Philippines. He is, you know, one of the best breadwinners for that country. I mean, we all have witnessed numerous videos where this man would literally walk out of the gym from training and just hand people money. So I think for him, part of why he continues to keep fighting on is mainly monetary. I do believe that, that Pacquiao knows he's past his prime. He knows that he has nothing left to prove as far as his Hall of Fame status. So I think ultimately it is about the biggest bag, which is why I feel you cute. If the bag wasn't going to possibly be bigger or the same for Connor, I'd be with you, bro, because then Crawford would be the next biggest bag. But right now, I think from a prediction of monetary uh, gain, Shit, that Connor, that Connor fight, bruh. Less risk, same money, bruh. And and and, and I, I, risk, man, I'll, man. I'll just I'll just I'll just sprinkle it, I'll sprinkle this in right quick. And just to kind of go piggyback off uh JD's logic. Bud Crawford is a is barely an American star. Conor McGregor is a worldwide star. So that's why I think, you know, we, we we both think the bag will be different. There'll be more fanfare 
around the world than there would be from I'm can't lie. The, the greatest fighter, the greatest fighter out of Omaha, Nebraska, who happens to be the pound for pound king. Go ahead, Q. Sorry I'm speaking, for I'm speaking strictly from a boxing fan standpoint. Okay, you know okay, saying? okay. You want to see him be great. Normal. You want to see yeah, you want to see him be great. I love him. You feel me? I love him. And, and what I love about him is the same thing I'm saying, because that's what he's done throughout his yeah, career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done the impossible. Agreed. Facts. You know what I'm saying? And Facts. if anybody, I feel like he's great on the level of if it, bro, I'm I'm not gonna say he don't have a shot. Oh, he that do. Guy, he definitely does. Everybody say he don't got a shot. He take this fight. You feel me? I'm a, I'll get Pacquiao's shot. Pacquiao yeah. better than everybody that Crawford's face. Right. You absolutely by, right. by far. Yeah. You know, so right. I would love to see that scrap, man. And, and you know, I, I like the passing of the torch. I, I I like that. That's that's poetic. Also, you know what I'm saying? You know, I feel like you know. It's dangerous in this sport, man. It's a blood sport. I'm going to flip it right quick, man, as we wrap up this segment. I'm going to throw this to y'all, too. Quick question. Hey, man, I'm the moderator. Right, right, what you doing, on, man? Let me, let, me, let me play this. Hey, man. So I'm, a, I'm about to answer this question so good you ain't going to want to do it no more. Cute. Give it to All me. All right. So there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk, man. June 5th. I eat it up. Abu Dhabi, man. In your heart of hearts right now. Right. Does the fight really, really happen between Bud and Pac? Do you I'm gonna get it jumped off early with <laughs> with um, that money, if that bag right, man. If enough 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 of them sheets over there want it, it'll happen. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. If, if if Pac can get the 40 mil, I think anybody would get, you know. Here, here's the thing: all three of us will get knocked out for 40 mil. Yeah, yeah. And, and Pacquiao yeah, thinks mil. he might be able to win for 40. So right. I, I I agree. I Q does have a point there, but um, I'm going to get the segment jumped off early. I'm going to say it's a whiff. Which brings us to the next topic. Connect or whiff. Saturday, April 10th. We got to stop me if you heard this one before. A young and upcoming welterweight. Stop! Stop! We didn't heard it before, <laughs> player. Jerron Boots in his first Olympics. On Showtime, Saturday, April 10th. Connect or whiff. He needs a big performance on this stage to actually command the attention he wants. Connect or with. Go ahead, Q. It's definitely, definitely connect. It's definitely connecting. Boy, he got a real rugged, real deal opponent. He got a, this is an amazing showcase. Like, he, if he could go and, and, and make make Sergio Limpinitz, if I'm saying his name right, Sergio, if you could make him easy work, I mean, he might even be, because Olympic is he's very avoided. He's a very avoided fighter. You know, he he his only loss came to Mikey Garcia in a grueling matchup. You know, Mikey Garcia been quoted as saying that this man hit me harder than anybody I ever been hit. Sergey Lipinitz, huh? That's all I was just saying. Sergey Lipinitz is gonna be more definitely. And if you remember, man, he um he, he, Lamont Peterson, man, he oh he pulverized Lamont Peterson. I think they threw the towel in. He he yeah. murdered him. And yeah, I back in two thousand nineteen, yeah, yeah, yeah. do. But um, this guy in the style matchup, it's, it's a very intriguing fight, and I think if he can, it, it definitely connect. If he if he could get, he need this, he need a nice showcase in this one. It ain't gonna okay. be easy. What you got, JD? I agree with you, Q man. I'm gonna go with a connect. I believe without a doubt, this fight this Saturday night is the fight where we could have a coming of age of a Jerron Boots Ennis. We've heard him calling out spins. We've heard him calling out Bud. We've heard him calling out all of these top welterweights. But when you look at the resume, he's still lacking a spectacular performance against a tough test. So I would say that most definitely he does need 
a great performance this Saturday night in order to really have that coming of age, breaking out party to really make people really honestly pay attention to him. Right now, nobody's honestly really paying attention to Boots Ennis as it pertains to fighting the top welterweights. Right, and just to piggyback off that before we get into the next uh, uh, connector with, I was mentioning to JD earlier, I was like, you see the difference when Virgil Ortiz called out Crawford and they're interviewing him about Spence. The media picked it up and ran with it. <laughs> Jerron Boots Ennis did it. I can't lie, excuse the language, but that shit died on uh, YouTube. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Now, no, I'm not. I'm not. Say, I'm not saying anything other than he needs a big performance because yeah, he doesn't have. He's he for some he reason said, he, he doesn't. No, nobody's calling for that fight. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's yeah, calling for that they, fight. They did. They did it. After, like he did it. My man did it after after an amazing stoppage. Yeah, that's, yeah, like, it, but that's absolutely. just what my man need. If he go yeah. in there and slaughter my man and call but, him out, bruh, I mean, come on. That, but that's why we're type of performance. But that's why we're saying he needs a big performance. Right, right. At yeah, that, no, at that point in time, night. Yeah. But until Vir- until that happens, you know. Yeah, because Virgil Ortiz was only sixteen and zero. Boots right. Ennis is twenty six and zero with twenty four knockouts. Damn near ninety percent knockout percentage. Most so it's more realistic for a guy like Boots Ennis to be craving a fight like that. Um, with a knockout ratio that he has than hey, a Virgil Ortiz, hey. but one name carries more weight. You know, I've been hearing this a lot, man. Especially, hey, nobody don't fight black fighters, not even black fighters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, and especially when you take into account that uh, Boots Ennis has been calling out a lot of fighters when his last fight that we saw it was a no contest. Exactly, right. was it was a it was no supposed contest. to be his. You know, he was yeah, supposed he to fight for the vacant IBO belt on this one, and then yeah. So, right. all right, so let's go ahead and get into the next one. Uh, we're talking about prime matchups. Um, there's a prime matchup that's happening too little, too late, in my opinion. Connector with Miguel Miguelito Cotto versus Manuel Marquez should have happened when they were in their primes. Connector with. Go ahead, JD. I'm going to say without a doubt, man, I do believe that is a connect for me. I believe in their primes. I would have loved to see these two go at it. Um, it would have been an, an excellent fight. I could just picture, you know, the body punching of Cotto, the, the masterful counterpunching of Marquez. The Mexico, you know, the, Puerto the Rico Mexico rivalry versus Puerto Rico rivalry. You oh. know what I mean? They would have been having, you know, the Bacardi on deck, man. Hey. They would have the tequila on deck. You know what yeah. I mean? So it, it would have been an excellent fight back in the day, man. You know, plenty of rice con pollo on deck, right? What? You know, so right now we're gonna get a chance to just reminisce on what could have been oh in their gosh. prime as we watch them in this exhibition, That'd man. Such a beautiful but fight. you know, I, I, I'm gonna still tune in. I'm gonna tune in and watch this, man. Even though it's years, years, way too late, way too late. Yeah, what you got on the queue, man? Listen, I don't like that fight in their. I don't like it in their prime. I honestly don't like it right now. <laughs> I, the reason why I don't like it in their prime is because it was a two different. It was a, it was too much of a weight disparity in their primes. What uh, Marquez was 135 or something, and, and, and Miguel Cotto was a welterweight that ended up finding middleweight. You know what I'm saying? Them, they're around the same time. Well, yeah, no, no. They, like, they, that was a fight that was rumored for some time, and they just never. At what weight? At 147. At 147. At 147. Because you got to realize, Marquez had faced Mayweather. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Mayweather came back. Jumped two weight classes, bro. And Mayweather still, nah, I ain't gonna get it. But, but Marquez never went back loaded. down to 140. He stayed at 147. And you got to understand, understand, Marquez was actually bigger than Pacquiao. Listen, Marquez, 
I felt like Marquez didn't make it to a really welterweight. He was a bloated lightweight when he fought Mayweather. But when he fought, when he fought, when he when he when he not pack you out, I feel like he grew into his body. I believe he had some help. Oh, he grew. I, I was just about hey, to say, brother. Yeah, yeah. I was just hey, about to say is, he grew. Like you don't got to play. You know that, he go after to get an advantage. I believe he got the advantage on the Pacquiao yeah, that last uh-huh. fight. His body, his body went to another level. Yeah, but, but but if you look at a lot of Marquez's fights, especially when he was really making a name for himself, it part of it was the rivalry with Pacquiao. That, but the two fights they had, if I'm not mistaken, was at 147, and at that point in time. Cotto was a small junior middleweight. Cotto was really yeah, that one prime. To me, his prime was his prime. His prime was when Mayweather re- Marquez prime. It was uh, I mean, Cotto prime to me was when Paul Williams was still fighting. When Mayweather Mayweather he 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 went into retirement because both of those guys were two guys that was in the welterweight division that was undefeated and they were doing their thing. Now, so so the reason why I say prime is because when when Pacquiao beat Cotto at one forty seven. I believe at that point in time, Marquez and Pacquiao were either a, a year or two removed, a year removed from fighting. Um, so for me, it's one of those things where their Marquez. primes overlapped at a point where they could have made that fight happen, whether no. either no. the bigger – would have murdered that boy. Murdered him. Nah. Because, I think I think that'd be I think that would have been a good fight just because they're both technically sound and Cotto doesn't apply the type of pressure where Marquez would have had to be on his toes all the time, like a a, a bigger welterweight, because Cotto was a five seven welterweight, and Marquez was five six and a half. They were they were very similar in size yeah, yeah, and yeah. stature. So, but moving on, spe- speaking of speaking of stature, this connector with man. Let, let's be honest. I'll just get right into it. I live. Will this Spence Crawford fight ever? It, it, it won't happen. Connector with. It won't ever happen. Connector with the fight. The fight gonna happen, man. It's too big not to happen. It'll happen. It just it just wins, you know. It's a like it's a lot of things going on. I think we don't know about. And um, y'all made a good point. One of y'all was, was saying that you know the money the money ain't yeah yeah the money's not there. And yeah. there's probably a, a underlying conversation I had between them. Like, look, we ain't even you know we this gonna get this gonna go down. Too much money to leave on to, to leave right. you know to leave this fight on the table. But uh, in my heart of hearts, I really think the fight gonna happen, man. You know where you at with the JD? Man, I, I'm gonna say that uh, I I believe the fight will happen. So so, so I'm, I'm I'm gonna say that I, I, that it's a whiff on it not happen. I, I believe it will go down. There's too much money on the table. Uh, not this year, of course. Um, I agree with you on, on that. But it's too much money for that not to go down next year, man. I, I believe we will see it happen. I, I'll say this, right? I've heard Max Kellerman say on ESPN, oh, you know, this whole PBC got all the welterweights. They're not. They can make a deal. Right. Part of it is how much you're going to get paid in the pandemic. So Crawford Porter can get made. Crawford Thurman can get made. Once it opens up a little bit more, we can see that. We can see those fights. And the reason why I lament the money piece of it is because the same, re- the same breath, I, in the same breath I talk about Tia Fimo and the chances he took, right? Fighting tougher fights. And then, you know what? Saying, Go ahead, bring on Loma. I want it. I can do it. I think there's something to be said for Spence and the level of competition, at the very least, the names that he's participated, been in the ring with and defeated compared to Crawford. And I think part of the reason why 
A, Bob Arum not a, might not have been the best of marketing. I think it was you, JD, that said a while ago that they didn't start promoting like two weeks before the right. fight that he had right. with Amir Khan when Crawford fought Amir Khan. And then it turned out to be a terrible fight because he got knocked out by getting hit in the nuts. Or something. I don't know what happened. I was very disappointed at that fight. So I think when I say the money's not there, you have two of just, – just go back six years when you had the two best welterweights in the world fighting. That was a half a billion dollar fight. Mm-hmm. The Spencer and Crawford are not going to sniff that, but their talent commands at least being a hundred million, hundred and fifty million dollar fight. And I don't think the money's there to warrant just to, them to rush into that fight. And you I know, think Crawford needs it because he wants a name and he wants to be the top dog. But Smith is like, I work too hard for my name, boy. You got to go through some things. You know, and, and what's interesting about it is, I I do think that the money will be there if. If you see like a Bud Crawford get the Pacquiao fight, and then maybe right, if you right. see a Spence, I like you know what I'd like to see Spence somebody fight somebody outside of the PBC camp of another nationality. Because when we start to dig into it, you look at a Pacquiao fight that can occur over in the Middle East. Right, it'll right. make you get that crossover money. crap. Yeah, but we've got two American fighters in Spence and Crawford that really the issue is that American bag's not there. And both of them could use expanding themselves to a more international audience more to really make that bag bigger. And, and, and before, before Q jumps back in, I do want to say something to kind of provide some, a little bit a different angle on this, right? To, to kind of illuminate where I believe Spence is coming from. Spence went across seas to win his first title against a very game Kell Brook that we didn't think was that compromised. He did that over in the UK, Sheffield, in his hometown. On the same, on the same, in the same breath, Crawford fought him in the States, and many people thought Kell Brook didn't have him. Even his former trainer was like, I don't know what Kell Brook is going to come out there. And when we, when we saw the fight, we were all shocked. It looked like a a weird jab straight combination that had, you know, he's taking punches from triple G, you know, that we didn't, th- he's taking right. punches from, he never, you know, Spence. he never been stopped based on that type of to go forward. It was his, it was body, his body breaking. Like, you know, they broke yeah. over the bone or something. Right. right. That's what stopped right. him. This man was, fight. Yeah. It was, yeah, like this man was just, he was out and he, he out. couldn't even believe he's, it. But that was crazy. Yeah, but that's when you're you get older, your punch resistance goes down. So then now people are. Hey man, at, no, well, well, that's true. What, what happened to Red Jones? We ain't gonna when put no respect on Bud punching power. No, 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 not no, everybody out. He has, he has power. I think he's, I think he's locked out his last six to eight opponents, something like that. He's, he's, he's that become more aggressive and knocking people out. But let's, and I'm not saying he couldn't have knocked Kilbrook out. I'm just saying with that punch, I was so odd. That was so odd. It, 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 yeah, but, but I will say for him to be the first one to stop him like that, that, that does say something. It, is Kell Brook the Kell Brook of old? No, 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 he's absolutely not. But if it had been anybody else other than but quite possibly it would have went the distance. He would have been stopped like that. Yeah, yeah, you, you never know. You know, but the thing about it, too, is I would have been interested to see that um, Kell Brook. He was doing against, good, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, I, he was I, doing good the first couple of rounds. Yeah, yeah, but it's that that's the thing. It's stylistically it like it was a pretty good match, and then Kill, his punch was just so 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 I, I switched. Well, yeah, I'm not talking about the tactics. I'm just, I'm just talking about I the punch didn't seem like a punch that would knock anybody out. And of course, I wasn't on the receiving end, but when you talk to Kell Brook, it, and he was giving an interview, he's like, Man, I I didn't understand that. It never happened. 
you know. And then, and then Craw- Crawford was like, I told you I could pop. And, and Kell Brook, you can't, you can't really talk too much shit when you uh, get knocked out. But he was kind of like, yeah, yeah, he just kind of caught me out of, you know. You can't really say shit when somebody knocked you out. I'm big and I'm gonna yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. hydrate and I'm gonna be bigger and my man, you know, yeah, all that. Hey, yeah, you're right. He was playing that whole I'm bigger and he was in shape, uh, man, Yeah, good. yeah, he was in shape. I mean, but at the same like, he came out looking good. Roy Jones was in shape when he fought Tarvin, when he fought Glenn Johnson, when he fought Cal. Well, hold on, hold on. What, what Tarver fight? Not that first one. I'm talking about the second fight. Okay. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. He was, what he was, I'm saying is sometimes your punch resistance, it just goes. Yeah, you know, you, I, you, feel, you, I feel like Rudd, I'm not scared. I never disrespect Rudd Jones. He was a little gun. He was after being knocked out like that. You know, I feel like he was gun shy. Well, I don't see. I don't think he was gun shy. I just think he wasn't the same fighter no more. His punch resistance was there. He was getting knocked out by everybody. There was punches that he could. When you gun shot, listen. When you a killer, nah. when you a killer, and, and you seize opportunity and you take. Now it. I don't make your brain shut off. I don't make your brain shut off. I'm oh, sorry. Gunshot, man. That, that gun, gunshot scared the hey, pussy. It don't make your life to Roy. It don't make your life. I love Roy. It's one of the best fighters of all time. I love Roy. Well, but that don't make your lights go out. That don't make your lights go out. But speaking of lights out, man, this lights out for us, man. This is our time. This is Boxing Vibes TV, Boxing man. Vibe. We hope y'all enjoyed it. We out here sleepy, getting it done. We can do this in our sleep, man. This Boxing Vibes today. And, 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 and let's plug, on, let's plug that glove right quick for the people. Plug and the listen, glove. Man, plug you the know glove. what? I'm, I'm going to talk to y'all. Let, let, let the moderator get this. Hey, listen, man. We have a autographed Mike Tyson glove in a beautiful case that's willing and ready to be dispersed to any participant that sends us their name, their email, and boom. All you got to do is email us at bvtmediagroup at gmail.com, enter in or holler at us on YouTube and give us your YouTube uh, name, like and subscribe, boom, you entered, man, and you got you a fresh it's Mike Tyson autograph club with a ticket, with, with, the, with the ticket of authenticity. 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 Mm-hmm. So y'all go ahead, like, subscribe, man. Email us at bvtvmediagroup.gmail.com uh, and highlight us on the next show, man. We out. We out.